Hey, good afternoon, everyone. Happy Friday. I hope everyone is doing well. Thank you for joining our Rankable podcast presented by iPool Rank. I'll be your host today, Jared Thomas, Senior Account Executive at IPR. And I'm joined by a good friend of mine, my buddy, Matt Caramenico. I messed up on that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caramenico. No worries. No worries. Yeah, yeah. Well, how's it going, though, brother? Thank you for joining us, man. I'm so excited about it. Um, thank you for having us. How, how's everything going on your end? How's the Friday treating you? Hey, Friday's going pretty well. Uh, I really uh, appreciate you guys reaching out and having me on here. This is going to be a, a great discussion today. I'm looking forward to it, kicking off the weekend right. Yeah, man, there you go. Any, any plans for the weekend, <laughs> anything like that? What you doing? Um, actually, uh, I you know, we're going we're gonna to be taking it easy. Yeah, nothing nothing uh, crazy. You know, we're in quarantine, so it's, uh, it's going to be a little bit of a, a quiet weekend. But we've gotten used to it, uh, fiancé and I. Uh, we enjoy it. We enjoy it. We enjoy each other, obviously, you know. How about you? You uh you have uh anything play for this weekend? Uh no nah, man. I'm probably just gonna catch up on some some Netflix stuff. I, I sent you some titles on on LinkedIn. Yeah. We're go and uh check on some of those, like the Jeffrey Epstein one and a couple of other ones. But um I'm grateful, man. I'm safe, the family's blessed, man, everybody's doing well health wise. Um yeah, man. So I, I'm grateful. We're fortunate. We're, we're super blessed. How about you guys? I'm curious uh, how, since, you know, the pandemic started, how have you guys shifted from the work from home? You know, what are some of the things that, you know, AAP put in place to make sure you guys are selfing and continue the, the ship to float? Yeah. So I, I, I'm actually proud of the team uh, as a whole. The organization has really rolled into the work from home uh, uh, capability pretty well. I mean, uh, we did a couple tests, dry runs, before uh, you know the the quarantine actually went into effect, and uh, our IT department and NetSec was able to you know just really get everything buttoned up, and um, you know I think there's some departments that weren't uh, you know historically ready for this kind of capability, or it, it wasn't built into the the way that they work. SEO as a whole, you know, e-com as a whole, like that's kind of our bread and butter, you know, mobile and, and uh, rolling with the punches. But um, yeah, it's it's really been nice to see everybody come together and, uh, you know, align on this, this being a capability, this being our reality right now. And um, going from there and trying to really put our customers at the number one spot and be there when they need us. Yeah, absolutely, man. And I'm curious, we actually brought this topic up when we first did our rankable. I'm curious, which one do you prefer? Do you prefer the work from home or do you prefer the office life? I think uh, I'm, I'm pre pretty much set in the middle. There's there's definitely a great, uh, you know, vibe when you go into an office and you're around your team and everything. Um, and the in-person meetings, I do miss those. Uh, especially on some of the more juicier topics, the ones that you really get into the the weeds on. Um, but but at the same time, I, I'm also a, a big fan of work from home, being able to hunker down and uh, you know kind of wall off and get some work done. So that's it's it's been a good uh, it's been easy for me, I, sh I should say, to to have yeah. this uh, this time. Absolutely, man. I, I'm kind of in the same boat. Um, we're, we're lucky and fortunate. I think, Mike, we actually started working from home the last week of February. So during our last couple of weeks in New York City, it started getting a little crazy. We started seeing people around with masks. And luckily, you know, Mike was on top of things and 
you know, we started working, I think my last day was like the end of February, like 28th or something like that. Wow. And yeah. And then they shut down the city maybe the week or two after. So, you know, we're super fortunate from that. And just seeing what the team has been doing, man, we've been, oh man, we, we've been really up and level, you know, leveling up our game, man. So very proud of the team being a part of IPR. Um, like I said, just been really cool and appreciate Mike for all that, man. And, uh, before we get into our topic, to let everybody else know, um, you know, today's topic is going to be really talking about PPC and SEO and really some ways that brands should prioritize right now, given the current climate. So I was super excited to have you on, uh, Matt, and we go over some topics and uh, love to start it off to understand, you know, what, why there, you know, why you think there should be more collaboration between PPC and SEO teams. So what are, what are your initial thoughts there? Yeah, so I think... Uh... In some people's perspective, uh, SEO and, and PPC can sit at a little bit of a, a contentious, you know, juxtaposition there, uh, and uh, it doesn't benefit the company as a whole when when that kind of uh, little bit of a rivalry, you know, healthy healthy yeah. rivalry is fine, but you know, being opposed once, you know, one against another, it's not it's not beneficial for anybody, uh, mainly the the organization, and. Um, there's a lot of data sets coming out of PPC, uh, given given by the platforms that they're you know purchasing traffic on, that yeah. enable better decisions on the organic side. So it's uh, you know both both really benefit one another. And if you're not looking at the the data as a whole from every outlet that you have the capability to access, um, you're doing your your organization a disservice and. Yeah. Yeah. Really. I think the, the, any barrier that's there, it like definitely shouldn't be. the The ultimate goal is uh, increased traffic at the highest conversion rate possible. So, yeah, it's easy for both teams to align at the end of the day. Yeah, and, and I think it's very, very peculiar that most organizations don't set up their teams in that way, right? Because when you think of PPC and SEO, they both have the same end goal, right? So, how do we get customers through the door? How do we get them to engage with us? And how do we get at the end goal, right? How do we get that sale? So the fact that the data sharing process and, you know, for most teams aren't like that is really shocking. But given this time right now, given the changes in the consumer search behaviors um, and the way we're consuming content nowadays with this COVID situation, it's very important to have that collaboration, right? You have to know yeah. what's happening on the paid side. How do we lower our costs, right? And from an organic side, how do we make sure we're ranking and have those positions and what kind of content can we create? that, you know, that really is valuable for our users and, and answers the intent, right? Understands what they're looking for. So that's a- Absolutely. I think the the scenario that really keeps these two teams apart, you know, PPC and SEO is the fact that, you know, there's a, there's a pretty neat, nice bucket that you can put PPC into. Mm-hmm. Every organization has a performance marketing team and uh, you know, it's a, it's a very easy, transaction to understand with direct attribution lines and uh you know it it runs off of a budget there's you know quickly perceived value and then an an easy funnel into attribution in in terms of you know conversion on whatever you're trying to convert with whether that's you know straight up dollars or you know uh signups or whatever downloads etc um, the the scenario for SEO it's a little different so you know it it doesn't fit into that performance marketing box as neatly as you know email or PPC or display or etc. It's it's uh, you know we talked about this 
or you know it's it's at the intersection of a lot of different organizations and it needs to have visibility to the larger organization not just one specific team because there's a lot that impacts your ability to get traffic as a as a domain so yeah that's that's probably what what tends to keep them in my mind separate so yeah i i totally agree with you i don't think there's a a ton of factors with that and i just think it's the long term play so to speak or seo i think that's why they keep them right because for yeah. those opening, if you if you're not familiar with it you know ppc i just look at that as a as a really bottom funnel thing so how do we get traffic right in the door right now without having to wait the three to six months that it would take for us to properly optimize and just the organically right you just have to make sure how do we how do we take the cert real estate right so it's best definitely important for you to have both strategies in line with each other like you said that strategy that collaboration lowering your ctr um what is your conversion whether it be the newsletter signups and, and those things and then just monitoring those metrics and optimizing effectively so absolutely yeah now i'm curious of something that i get a lot and i love to hear from you from you know somebody who's in-house right how do you prove the value of SEO to your higher up? So what are some of the things that they look at? So you can say, hey, and this is what I'm doing and to really show the impact across the organization. So at some organizations, I would say that's an easier end goal than others. You know, uh, there are there are companies that are technology first, you know, like they yeah. they were built and, uh, you know, in the last 10 years or the last 20 years. And this capability, this understanding of organic traffic being a, a main revenue driver for a lot of organizations, it's built into their, you know, first days on the internet. Um, there are other organizations that are a little bit older and they're grounded in, you know, brick and mortar uh, transactions. And then, you know, as they evolved, they eventually emerged on the internet as well and saw that as a viable opportunity. It's a, uh, it's definitely an education process, you know. Um, the the best SEO teams are able to evangelize their needs uh, and, you know, spread the the value, but also the the reasoning behind making the moves that are beneficial for the team. So, how exactly do you do that? Um, I think it just it comes from improving personal communication skills. Like, honestly, yeah. it's about uh, digesting these complex topics that are foreign to, you know, a lot of users of the internet and saying like, hey, this is why it makes sense, boiling it down into, you know, things that are a little bit more bite-sized and, yeah. you know, just serving it up and then continually reiterating, like, don't change the, don't change the story up say it say it the same way continually and uh if if you're going to get traction there um it's it's going to eventually happen yeah for sure for sure totally agree with you and mike thanks for dropping the the link too <laughs> so we also have a, a blog there too if anybody would like to check it out we're looking at the balance and paid organic and search in the wake of COVID. um and i think that's a good segue to actually my next question i'm curious um, in terms of SEO, who are some of your go-tos and, you know, how did you get in, involved with SEO? Who are some of your go-tos and what are some emerging trends that you're seeing given the COVID-19 situation? Yeah. So <laughs> shouts out to Mike King. He's, uh, he's been a go-to, uh, for me for a little while, um, since around 2013. Um, and then, you know, Will Reynolds, he's, he's on the top of my list, Bill Seabald as well. Um, the guys up at Stone Temple, they just got acquired, but you know, they were doing some great work as well up in Boston. 
Um, man, there's, there's a lot of uh, quality people in the industry that I've learned from. I want to give a shout out to one local here in Raleigh that I've, I've learned a lot from named Jenny House, And, uh, you know, she's, she's great as well. Um, in terms of how I got into SEO, um, it's, it's been a little bit of a, a different journey. I, I shouldn't say that because I think the, the majority of people that are in SEO, uh, everybody that's in SEO, nobody went to school for it. I should say that. But, you know, we've all had an interesting pathway. And I think the, the main thing that it boils down to is curiosity and probably the love of learning. So, uh, you know, I went to school for biology and chemistry. I worked at Johnson Mafia, a large chemical engineering company right out of the gate. Uh, so I, I did that for, for two and a half years ish, uh, doing, doing chemical characterization on physical and liquid product, uh, analyzing how much heavy metal was in those products. And, um, you know, I went to school for it. So there, once I was in the lab doing those analysis, um, you know, it, it wasn't scratching my itch, you know, in the love of learning spectrum. You know, I'd been in school for how many years? Uh, and, and at the same time, I, I envisioned my job really providing that, that value, um, where I was going to be learning cutting edge stuff at all the time. And it, it actually, it ended up being kind of monotonous. Um, and so I dug into HTML, CSS, JavaScript, and uh, really at that point, 2013, I ended up figuring out that I, I was late to the game. I, I'll, I'll admit this, but I ended up figuring out that, hey, um, yeah, you can, you can uh, impact the way a domain ranks on a search engine. And that, that hit me like a ton of bricks. Uh, I'd been online since 1994. I sent my grandma an email. So that's like crazy to think about, but I didn't really understand how search engines operated. I didn't understand how the internet itself was working, how domains worked, how, you know, networking was, was a thing. Um, and, and, uh, I was starting from, I guess, square one and it just, it just progressed pretty heavily from there. Uh, you know, somebody else that I want to shout out is Mark Kennedy at, uh, SEOM Interactive. He gave me my first shot uh, at SEO. It's a small shop outside of Philadelphia. And um, it, I, I was really able to cut my teeth there. And after, yeah, I said 2015. So 2013 to 2015 was learning. 2015 to 20, middle of 2017, I was really growing and, you know, uh, ended up getting a job with, with Advance uh, doing local SEO specifically. Um, and then, you know, mid 2018, I, I rolled into a, a more leadership role for the team as a whole. So yeah, it's, it's been a, a rapid journey and uh, one that, that keeps me on my toes. And that's ultimately why I love, uh, you know, being in, in SEO. It's the, it's the ability to, to never stop learning. Absolutely. I, I think that's one of the things I, I love as well. We also, you know, I think the fact that it changes so much and you have to be on top of your game. And I think something that stood yeah. out with the, the fact that everybody has a different learning, right? Right. It all depends on your appetite and how fast you go and how you know you utilize your resources is how quickly you can pick up on it and keep doing it too and implementing it goes a long way. Yep. And we also have we have a question from a Matt Cherapanya topic I didn't pronounce Oh it. hey. Yeah I actually know I actually know Matt. There you go Matt. I actually know Matt. 
Perfect, perfect. So we had a really great question. I would love to you know, hear your response, but you asked, how do you respond to a client who focuses on $10 billion in uptight companies, does B2B services and says SEO and PPC isn't going to generate leads? Which service would you focus on if budget wasn't a question, SEO or PPC? It's a great question. How do you focus on 10 billion, uh, a B2B business is that focuses on 10 billion and up? Type company. Sorry. Yes, so they, uh, they're a B2B company that focus on businesses of 10 billion and up, and they say SEO and PPC isn't going to generate leads. What would you recommend okay. or what would you focus on if budget wasn't a question? So SEO or PPC? Yeah, I think that it's a, it's a combination of both. Absolutely. You're going to have to start a, a pretty large scale content strategy around meeting your, your end customer where they're at currently. So it's, it's, it's about positioning them as the leader in the space. And if they're not making content about that already, they're, they're losing out on their ability to provide awareness for their organization on the search engine. So yeah, I mean, B2B, uh, people, whether you're B2C focused or B2B focused, you're going to search engines to find out about your industry um, and changes within the industry. And um, I, I think... Uh, a pretty aligned, uh, a fully bought in robust content strategy from the organization would be pretty powerful. And then you're blasting that out through your ability to, you know, direct links on PPC and uh, your optimized pages. I I totally agree. And I, I would just piggyback off of that. And say, you know, it depends what the goals of the marketing campaign is, right? So we're looking to generate yeah. leads really quickly. And what are your KPIs for that quarter necessarily? Then, you know, you would want to do a mix, right? You might want to put more dollars into the PPC depending on your short-term goals. But I would do the long-term SEO play. And like I said, divulging on content, right? Understanding who my user users are. Who is my active audience? Who are people that I can actually get that may be with a competitor, right? How are they engaging with their content? And what are their niches and how can we fit into that? So a comprehensive content strategy definitely helps with that in terms of your SEO, making sure you're ranking and you know, also your PPC brand awareness thing. So I think a lot of things with B2B companies, content is gonna be a big thing, but I think people don't necessarily execute or brands don't execute it as well as they should to or should be on the B2B side. It's just so professional and Absolutely. something and depending on the topic, it could be super boring. You know, if you're doing like computer engineering or something like that, how do you make that stand out to the average user? Well, I, you know, at that point, I think the average user isn't your target. I think the, you know, it, it, it depends on your goal. Do you want to become a household name brand or are you looking to actually capture quality user? You know, like it's not about the traffic that you're going to be getting. It's about what the traffic does once they get to your platform. And if they're, if they're interested in your topic and it, it, it has the value that they're looking for, they're going to then think of you as a viable option for that B2B relationship. You know, if you're out there on your pedestal saying like, hey, I, I know this industry, I am a great option for your need. Um, you know, what, what would be a barrier to, to you getting that, that sale? I mean, I, I think there's a, there's a misconception of B2B doesn't really play well online. Like it, at the end of the day, it's, it, it is. It's, it's the same thing. It's relationship building. It's, uh, you know, brand awareness and uh, setting, setting the organization up for success takes time and it, it, it takes uh, a lot of digging into. And I'm curious with, with that, being that we're on this topic, right? 
So for that same B2B company, what, you know, how would that person formulate, or how would you approach that content strategy? Like, how would you formulate the ideas for that? Um, the keyword research, what are some of the things that you'd go into that content strategy? Yeah, so I think you're going to be leveraging your 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 knowledge experts inside of your organization pretty heavily to say, hey, your clients that are actually using our product, what are the things that they're worried about? What keeps them up at night? You know, what are the the roadblocks that you see to implementation or the the barriers to purchase, et cetera? And then and then building your content off of keyword, you know, strategies dug into those specific, you know. Uh, you know, bottomless pits, if you will, like it's going to continue to, you're going to be able to continue to drill down. Um, Yeah. You have to know your customer. You know, if you're, I guess that it it rolls back to that. If you don't really have a a clear understanding of who your user is, who your customer is, who your decision makers are in that pipeline, then you're, you're probably not, you're probably not selling too much outside of online space either. Like let's, Let's be honest about that. And I think another thing too is the what barrier you nailed it right. What barriers are there when they actually do click, right? Because the experience when they actually get there is a big thing of it, a big part of it, right? What is the experience when I get there? The content answering my question, right? Am I engaged with this content, right? Is there more information I could get from this person? To how do I become the trusted voice if you're a brand? That should be main thing. How do I become the trusted voice? How do I reach the person at the top, middle, bottom funnel, and how do I ultimately get them to Love our brand, use our products, and champion us. Right? Is there, and is there any other question? That was a great question, Matt. I really appreciate you. We only have about, about eight minutes to hear from anybody else if there are other questions. We also had a question from Bailey Jensen um, that we can kind of dive into now. But can you ask, oh, he or she asks, can you talk about cannabis market and how be, it being not legal on a federal level may inhibit the ability to depend? to depend on PPC as a resource to funnel traffic? And that's a really, really good question. And no. we're going to have a, a, a rankable segment next week with Maps and Drizzly speaking about things similar to that. But I'd love to hear your, your, your take on that, though, being in-house. So uh, my take on that, I'm, uh, you know, full disclosure, I'm not in the weed industry. Uh, <laughs> that's a great industry, though. That's pretty cool. Definitely a nice emerging market. Uh, but what I will say is this goes all the way back to something that you and I have discussed privately. It's the, it's the fundamental idea that, you know, SEO is a capability. It's a, it's a, it's a capability that enterprises need to understand is, is fully at the intersection of every organization within their, uh, within their, every department within their organization, I guess you should say. And um, that ends up looking like a direct connection to legal. Hey, is this even allowed or do we need to refocus our, you know, campaign strategy within PPC on, um, you know, specific regions where this is, this is legal to consume uh, at a state level, because, you know, you can target, you can target as, as drilled in as you want to with a PPC campaign. Um, And then it's up to you probably to present a wall uh, for users to self-classify as being able to consume your content that you're putting out. I mean, obviously reading about weed isn't illegal, um, but you know, shopping for weed online isn't legal everywhere. And uh, yeah, 
you're not going to be gating users by their IP. You're going to be gating users by, hey, I've self-classified as being in a state that allows me to view and then potentially purchase. And then at your at your endpoint, you're going to handle the, can we actually ship to you in your POS system? Or is it, uh, you know, you know, it, it, there, there's the, going to be the barrier of are they going to even be able to like visit our 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 uh, brick and mortar location, that kind of thing. So, within PPC, you have a you have plenty of opportunity to isolate your users and direct them to your product through uh, the platforms that are already at play. Are you able to do that with with the weed industry currently? I don't know that the answer to that question, and that's something that you're definitely need to you're going to need to like but, button up with your legal department for sure. Yeah, absolutely. I've actually worked with a couple um, at a prior company and a big resource for them being that they had those legality issues. They use social for everything. Right. So they use yeah. a lot of really building relationships and understanding where are their target market customers are and how do they join that customer. Right. How do they meet them where they are, being that there aren't many regulations on social and things of that nature. And I've seen that work really well. So I would definitely look at social listening platforms, understanding your target market. What are some things that they want to see from you and create content that's geared towards that, right? And keep drawing them in. So that's something definitely I'd look at. We also have a question from Robert. Thank you again, Robert. So what's been the biggest adjustment from an SEO standpoint when you shifted from small, medium-sized business to a giant like AAP? And he said, shout out from CIOM. I'm not sure what that was. SEOM, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I know who that is. Um, I think it's Robert Spinrad, but yeah. um, I think Spin, yeah, yeah. Um, I would say the biggest the biggest shift has been understanding that at scale, there are certain tactics that aren't going to work, and then they're or not gonna they're, they're not gonna work. They're not going to make as much of a move on your you know organic needle as they will for an SMB or a, a smaller business. You know, if you have, if you have multiple million, I, I was just talking to somebody about this. If you have multiple millions of backlinks to your domain and different subdomains, uh, you know, first probably focus on consolidating your subdomain setup, you know, into one specific domain. That's going to, that's going to provide a lot of power there. Uh, but if you don't have that capability, um, you know, you don't have to focus on getting backlinks necessarily because one or a hundred backlinks isn't going to really raise the C depending on quality of that, you know, domain that it's coming from if you have 4 million. But if you have five and you get another 10 over a period of, you know, six months, that's great. That's insane growth, you know? Um, so, so it's situations like that where, you know, a lot of people talk about just content and backlinks. Well, as a national brand, you're building content and it better be quality. Cause you know, if not, you're going to get slapped for it, but, um, you know, by your users, I'm saying, and then, uh, you know, there, you know, the quality will then be rewarded with the industry or people, you know, that love your brand giving you backlinks for that content, you know, uh, what are you creating? That's a, that's a scenario. So it's not necessarily about focusing on backlinks or uh, focusing on a content. It's a, it's a more holistic view of like, how is the, the website structured? You know, you're going to be playing with a lot of larger departments than yourself and you're not going to have as much access or free reign in a scenario where you're in-house at a large organization as you might if you're, you know, the SEO for an SMB that has, you know, potentially, a, a, you know, 
25 page WordPress website. You know, I can get in there, lift the hood and like do everything that's, you know, necessary. I'm not probably going to be allowed to do everything that I want to do inside of a, you know, larger organization because they've got a, a hundred person IT team that handles, you know, everything. So it's a, it's a difference in, of scale and then figuring out like, Hey, where are the levers when you're, you know, another thing that I would say is uh, focus on consolidation. You know, the, there's a potential, large potential at large organizations that are e-commerce for duplication of content. There's, there's plenty of opportunity within consolidation to refocus your user's journey through your website and then also provide a, a you know, more well thought out pathway for a search engine user to, to roll through as well. Some great, great points, great points, man. I'm curious too. I know you're, you're with AAP now, and it sounds like basically there's pros and cons to both. You know, obviously being a part of AAP is, is a huge thing. And um, me personally, if I was in house, I would, I would be shocked, or I'd do something like the LinkedIn thing where I de-index like, or something like. I'd be scared of something like that. Ooh, man. You know, you definitely have some more leeway when it comes to the smaller, medium-sized brand. So definitely sounds like um, there's pros and cons in both. But um, definitely pros and cons of both. Yeah, definitely appreciate that. We, we have one more minute left. We could probably squeeze one more question in if anybody else has one. Right? If not, I definitely will we'll, we'll wrap this up. And I just want to say thank you again, Matt. Um, you know, it was a pleasure, you know, meeting you to give you give people home in contact. You know, we, we actually met on LinkedIn um, through, content. <laughs> through yeah. content. And then that's, that's absolutely true. And then we just end up hitting it all. The next thing you know, um, me and Matt were sharing we were sharing Netflix movies and <laughs> stories weekends yeah. and stuff like that. So I, I just want to say I appreciate you, Matt. Um, you're our second guest on Rankable. Um, you know, I'm really appreciative, man. I really enjoyed the conversation and insights you provided. And uh, man, I hope to do this again sometime. Yeah, this was awesome. Thank you so much, Jared. Uh, really, really happy to be here. And I, you know, it was great talking to you. My brother, I, I appreciate you. Thank you for everyone who is in attendance. Thank you for, for joining IPR, a rankable event. You could be anywhere in the world, but you're here with us today. So we so appreciate it. Thank you for the continued support. Um, next week, we'll have a great segment on emerging markets, um, as we'll be having uh, Weed Matt. I'll be there. That is going to be there. conversation. <laughs> and shout out to Mike King and Mike Waddell, who's going to be running those conversations. Uh, and thank you all. And also have these clips on LinkedIn if you guys want to check this out later. So thank you all. Have a great weekend and see you guys soon. Have a great weekend, everybody. Take it easy. Bye-bye.